2: Welcome in. It's episode 43 of UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. I can't believe we're that far into this show. That's incredible. Stephen Diener here. Karen Curtis over there. Karen, how are you this fine day?
1: Oh my gosh, I'm feeling validated a little bit this week.
2: It's been pretty a very interesting week for sure. So we're going to go over all of that. It's a lot to get to here today. Of course, it is officially part two of of our wartime kind of uh, alien encounters and, and abductions, some really things that that we wanted to highlight because, you know, we've had a lot of people come up to us in the past and say, oh, you know, this alien stuff, it you know, only happens in the cornfields and on, and on farms. And, oh, really? You think so? Well, not only did Congress just have a whole hearing about it, about military sightings, but we started a series last week before that hearing about abduction stories and really incredible first-hand accounts of encounters and fire, firefights with aliens and UFOs. So we wanted to kind of highlight these kind of hard-to-refute stories that were seen by many, many people and experienced by many people in the military. And so, you know, you want to question, you know, Joe the Farmer all you want, but it's hard to question some of these uh, soldiers who tell these stories.
1: Because, yeah, really moving forward now that the Pentagon is acknowledging them, mm-hmm. the stories that we're telling you today were actually expunged. They were eradicated. Right. They were erased you couldn't talk about it
2: so it makes you makes you wonder hopefully
1: that'll change
2: yeah exactly so we're going to get to part two of these you know kind of wartime alien encounters and abduction stories but before we get to the story that we couldn't get to last week we got to cover first what's happening here because when it comes to the congress hearings karen and i'm not i'm going to be honest with you i kind of wrestled with how much we should even cover this in the podcast because i think the I guess the flavor, the feel of the show has always been we present you with the story, with the the the, I guess you can say I guess you can say facts of the story, the details, it's probably a better word, the details of the story, and you make up your mind. Is is this a story that you think is has some type of validation to it? You think somebody was making something up along the lines. We've always done that with the details that we've given you. We've gone very deep with, you know, science and God and and you know, just spirituality and everything. So I kind of wondered to myself, how much do we even get into the Congress hearings? But then it hit me this is the story.
1: This is why we're doing the podcast. Right. Is it an existential threat? Is it a national security threat?
2: We And we are, and you're going to hear that term a lot as we cover what happened in, earlier in the week, but it's it, it really is like a realization as I Right, it was that aha moment. Like, we are living through right. the story that we would cover 10 years from now that we would read about and say, oh, we got to talk about these Congress hearings that took place. We're living through it now!
1: Right, good point.
2: So that's why we kind of did want to go a little bit more in depth, because it was a really big deal.
1: Except for the stuff that went on behind closed doors. Well,
2: we may never know.
1: Is this going to be a national security threat? So I can't answer that.
2: Exactly. So before we get into all that good stuff, of course, first, you know, we have to hit the factoid. So Karen, what is the factoid for today?
1: Well, I think I found a replacement for my Fiji water.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Moon water. (laughs) Wow. Apparently. The scientists have found ice near the moon's poles. Don't mess with the moon. We need the moon to we do. survive. We do. And they say this water is drinkable. Hmm. They believe that it developed from water spews that came from volcanic eruptions billions of years ago. So it's kind of old water. <laughs>
2: Old water. Old water. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Rather than turning into gas, you know, because water can become gas or mm-hmm. solid, uh, and escaping into the atmosphere, into space, it turned into ice beneath the moon's lunar dust. So it's dusty old water. Wow. And they believe the ice could provide water to future moon, moon explorers and be processed into rocket fuel. I didn't. Now, this is new. I didn't know water could... Become fuel? Did you? They've I been, guess hydrogen.
2: Hydrogen. They've yeah. been working on hydrogen engines, which they probably could do, but they decide not to. But You're that's excited. a whole nother story. But yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. How about
1: that? Boom.
2: I mean, that has a lot of implications, like you said, for future moon travel. Yeah. You know, if we have bases on the moon, they might already be there. That's depending right. on some of the stories you want to believe that we've gone over in the podcast earlier. But, yeah, that's very nice. Thank a you. I like that. Hey. So, what happened this week? Like we said, we are living the story. This is such a rare occurrence here. For the first time in 50 years, the House Subcommittee held a public hearing on the topic of UFOs, or as they have become known in the government circles, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, UAP, hence the name of the podcast. That's why
1: Stephen came up with that name. (laughs) Here
2: we are. Brilliant.
1: I'm like, oh no, Fifty Shades of Grays. They're like, no.
2: (laughs) I still think that's funny, though. Yeah, it is, actually. So this was led by the the, uh, Democratic Congressman Andre Carson of uh, Indiana. He kind of was spearheaded of the whole thing, of course, Adam Schiff, who was the head of the, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, was there as well.
1: And Val Demings who's from Florida. Right. She's running against Senator Marco Rubio. But here's what uh, Andre had to say
3: About two to six percent of these sightings are unexplained. Mm. Uh, we were ruling out weather balloons, drones, aircraft, natural phenomena. So we want to explore those things that can't be identified and that may pose a risk to our national security.
1: Yeah, so like you said, it was the first congressional hearing on this in 50 years, more than 50 years. There was a public portion, which you're going to hear parts of, but then it was followed by the closed-door classified briefing, which I would have loved to have been a fly in the wall. But... Here's the Undersecretary of Defense, Ronald Moultrie.
0: We know that our service members have encountered unidentified aerial phenomena, And because UAPs pose potential flight safety and general security risks, we are committed to a focused effort to determine their origins. We also understand that there has been a cultural stigma surrounding UAP. Our goal is to eliminate the stigma by fully incorporating our operators and mission personnel into a standardized data-gathering process. We believe that making UAP reporting a mission imperative will be instrumental to the effort's success.
2: What about that? How do you like that? So, I mean, really, there's a That's lot to huge. unpack there. It is huge. You know, there was a lot of people... and. They were kind of disappointed by the hearing. Oh, we didn't find anything out. I mean, there were a couple of new videos, which I'm sure you've seen. If you haven't, we'll put yeah, them out. Yeah, they declassified out. them. Yeah, and then, you know, a couple of new declassified videos. The triangle UFO. It was interesting to us because yes. these are UFOs that we've talked about many times. Have the triangle.
1: The, p- the pill?
2: It was no, the tic-tac. The, the tic-tac one, of course, was from the Nimitz. The, and then you had the orb, which they... Um, uh, declassified the video that they that showed in the series. That sucker goes fast. I mean, they estimated, by the way, that it was going 13,000 miles per hour. Whoa. So they yeah, declassified. they were
1: trying to isolate yeah. it. like, we can't.
2: It was very hard. So there's people, you know, you're always going to have naysayers. You're always going to have skeptics. And that's fine. I mean, you know, you have one side and the other. You're allowed to be, you know, have a different opinion. But I didn't, I wasn't, and I think you're the same way, Karen. We weren't disappointed by this hearing as as much as other people were because we weren't expecting them to come out and have this, you know, amazing disclosure and come out and say, oh, and by the way, uh, everything that you've heard over the past 80 years is true. Right. We knew that wasn't going to happen. But what was encouraging what was fascinating about these hearings to begin with was that they're happening. I mean, it's just the fact that it's happening.
1: And that they're opening the door for people to, hey, if you saw something, say something. The Under Secretary of Defense says the Pentagon is also involving the full alphabet. Oh, Get a load come. of this.
0: This effort will maximize collaboration and build upon already existing relationships with the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, the FAA, DHS, and the FBI. We are also committed to strong partnerships with the Department of Energy, NOAA, the DEA, NASA, and the National Labs, and just as importantly, our international partners and allies.
1: How about that?
2: So everybody's getting involved, and that's the thing. That's really, I think, the big takeaway here.
1: It involves all those agencies, though. Right. It ha- it crosses over into all those agencies.
2: The fact that they're making it public, because you and I know that, and, and if you're a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you have some type of maybe underlying belief or at least suspicion that the governments of the world have been involved with this stuff for a long time. Yeah, that's why you're okay? listening. Exactly. So it, what's... The, the part that kind of catches my attention is that they're now saying the conspiracy, so to speak, right, in, in air quotes, part out loud, that they are – all these government agencies are working together to, you know, quote, figure out what's happening. Is not a national security issue? What is this 2 to 6% that are unidentified? And those are the things that really – You know, excite me about the hearing is the fact that this is even being spoken about in this public fashion, showing declassified videos, talking to Pentagon officials. I know we wanted, you know, maybe more public witnesses and things like that. That would have been great. It would have been nice to have
1: an alien wheeled into the.
2: Yeah. You know, all that stuff. The
1: well of the meeting. But, But, you know,
2: to have something like this is encouraging in in itself to do what they said right there. And this is something that we've harped on many, many times on the show is to remove the stigma. And we experience it all the time. People go, oh, I can't believe you're that alien show you guys do. What did somebody say to us the other day? Oh, that show you do about ghosts? No. And know, that's... when we
1: first proposed it, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, knock yourself I, and out. These, these are
2: people that we work with. I know. Okay? <laughs> We're not talking like people on the street or someone who's listening. We're talking about people in the halls of our studios who go, up, oh, yeah, that, that ghost show you guys do, it does pretty well. No, it's not ghosts. Thank you for the compliment, but... Good Lord. So that's the type of stuff we're talking about is getting rid of the stigma of, oh, you crazy alien people. This is serious stuff. It and is, it's being it is. taken seriously now, yeah. publicly at least, by by the U.S. government. That's a big deal. So
1: you're going to put those videos up uh, on our Twitter, right?
2: Yeah, so the two videos we're talking about, if you haven't seen them, I'll put them out there uh, today of the uh, declassified UFO videos that were both taken by the military on our of Twitter course. at UA Podcast eight fifty on Twitter
1: and uh, Nick Pope who is a friend of the show um, or he, like
2: we like to think anyway he do. <laughs>
1: he's from Britain and um, he was asked about these new videos that were released.
4: Well, it's very difficult to say, but I think the the key point with these videos uh, is is that what we're seeing, what we saw yesterday at the hearings, is the tip of the iceberg. They've got lots of these videos. Some of them are on the Department of Defense website, and the official line is. We don't know. And you've got to figure they've got all the resources and capabilities of the U.S. military and the intelligence community brought to bear on this, all the technical analysis, and they still don't have an explanation. And and that's Mm. why Congress, of course, is saying it's time for some answers on this. Mm -hmm. I've, Amen. Nick
2: Pope is great, by he's the wonderful. way. wonderful. Former Ministry of Defense uh, director for the UK. I mean, he's been involved with this stuff now for trying to get disclosure, at least trying to figure out answers, as it were, uh, for a couple of decades now. So he's. Uh, I'm glad he's getting more time out on the interview circuit because he's great with all this stuff.
1: In fact, during the hearing, Stephen, the deputy director of Navy's intelligence, Naval Intelligence, was asked, hey, was there any attempt to communicate with these UAPs? Mm. You know, while they were hanging around your your men.
3: And have we attempted to communicate with those objects? Uh, no. <laughs> so we don't we <laughs> don't even put out a alert saying you know uh, U.S. Um, identify you know identify yourself. Uh, you are you know within our flight path or something like that. We we haven't said anything like that. We've
4: not put anything out like that. All (laughs) right.
1: And Nick Pope, not surprised.
4: It's bizarre. And we do know from a report issued last June from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence that some of these UFOs have been, for example, emitting radio frequency Mm -hmm. energy. So, I mean, they're absolutely adamant there's a technology here. Some of these things are physical objects. I, I was really interested to hear them talking about working with Space Force and working with NASA to try to find out what's going on in our airspace. And that needs to happen urgently. How about that? So again, you hear the talk about national security.
2: And I think that might be the, I don't know, the open door, I guess, to to kind of get some type of disclosure, even if it's not 100%, at least maybe 10% of what's really happening. Because national security, I think, is the, I guess I'll use the word excuse that they're using to really dig into this stuff, because you talk about one of the things they mentioned in the hearing was eleven near misses with military aircraft.
1: Oh, but they're really saying that none of these crafts UAPs have exhibited kind of any ill will, right? And right?
2: that's so that's another thing they're saying they yeah. haven't tried to communicate whether or not that's true. I you yeah, know, you make up your own mind, I suppose. And then they keep talking about national security, eleven near misses with you know with uh, military aircraft, so. You know, what uh, another thing was speaking back to what you were saying, Karen, about you know whether or not these are hostile aircraft, you know, according to their knowledge anyway, they say they don't even know if there's anybody in these.
1: (laughs) Which they they might be
2: drones, they might be drones.
1: But our last episode. There was ill will. There was a hostile sure was. situation and going you're gonna on. You're
2: going to see or hear in this uh, story n- coming up.
1: Serious ill will.
2: Yeah, I would say definitely, definitely ill yeah, will it's in this story coming up. Yeah, it's a
1: little graphic coming up. A little
2: bit. Um, but, so that's an interesting theory, though, because we've spoken about that before. That quote, they didn't really go into the theory of, well, if it's not man, then what could it be? They, they're called some of these craft unmanned. And we've spoken about that before where it's, okay, so if it's aliens, then... And if there's nobody's in these things, then they have their own unmanned drones, almost like surveillance drones. Right, right. That they would send out just like we would on spy missions.
1: Let's go check on the humans again, see what they're up to.
2: You know, and they send these things out and there you go. I mean, if they have the technology to get here, then you would think they would use some type of technology like that. They figure we're tired of crash landing and our bodies being scooped up in the desert. right. Let's send out some unmanned flights. (laughs)
1: They're back home watching their monitor snickering at us, if aliens do laugh. They're
2: watching the Johnny Depp trial and just shaking their heads. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. big time. Wow,
1: what is wrong with these people? But, uh, you know, the potential of a national security threat was brought up probably Mm -hmm. more so behind closed doors. Here's Nick Pope.
4: Well, again, we're, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg here. There's been under reporting of this for years because of the fear of, of ridicule. But military mm-hmm. pilots are seeing them, radar operators are tracking them, and they are being filmed on forward-looking infrared cameras mounted on, on military Clear. jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, triangular shaped craft are seen very common speeds maneuvers and accelerations that seem to go beyond the cutting edge of anything that we have or know about right so it's a defense and national security issue
2: and that's what somebody like lou elizondo was trying to get at the former head of the atip organization who that organization was so secret they didn't even admit that it existed up until a couple of years ago and he was the director of it. it's kind of like an offshoot in the pentagon um, and they kind of evolved that into a different organization now, which is what they're working with these days. But he was the former director because he left because he was trying to figure out the answers, and they kept stonewalling him. So he leaves, gets together with guys like Christopher Mellon, who have been involved with defense for years. Tom DeLonge, we've spoken about him. You know, one of the lead uh, guys from Blink One Eighty Two, and he left the band to pursue disclosure. And they all get together, and because of the work that they did over the past few years. It's really gotten us to where we are today, having these hearings. They got they got in front of Congress. They got in front of senators for closed-door meetings and said, we don't know what these things are. We know that they're there. We have testimony from pilots, from the Nimitz. They got, you know, these pilots who saw these videos that we see all the time in the news now, the black-and-white footage of the thing moving in the pilot's uh, camera. They got them on the record. And because of the work that they did and got in front of senators and congressmen, they were able to now bring us to where we are today to say, they're there we don't know what they are and they could be a threat and that's I,
1: incredible i think maverick top gun should get them on his radar lock that,
3: i'm hearing <laughs> about good things about that movie by the way i'm very excited you know hi everybody this is adriana Trajani. i'm the host of you are what you read i have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now we get everybody from sarah jessica parker to Kristen hannah mitch album Susie essman craig ferguson Rainn Wilson, Amor tolls you name
0: it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: Uh, it's What's interesting is that what if they're bringing this up and telling it and making it public because God forbid, there does there is something that happens, Mm -hmm. and it is a national security threat. People will be like, "Why didn't you take this more seriously in the past?" So maybe they know something, or maybe you know. I'm always thinking, "Oh, well, why now?"
2: It could well, and that's the biggest question. And you hit the nail on the head, Karen. Why now? Because if you look back at 42 different episodes that we've done. We've spoken about all of these different things, whether it's ancient Egypt, whether it's the, you know, the Incan Empire, the Mayans, whether or go even... Back,
1: go back to Tepe. Yes.
2: I mean, all these... I'm talking ancient times stuff, okay? Or even in modern times, and the... Late 1800s, Stephenville, Texas, and the the crash landing where they, they had a funeral for the aliens. It was in the <laughs> newspaper in the late 1800s. You have people, the grandchildren, who are alive, talk about, yeah, I remember my grandparents telling me about this. They were at the funeral for the aliens. And then, of course, Roswell and all these stories. Jackie Gleason seeing aliens in Homestead. Everything that we have covered.
1: Eisenhower getting
2: his tooth fixed or meeting with the Greys. Right, in the 50s. So, I mean, the Majestic 12, everything. That we've gone over, that you've heard of in 42 episodes. What is happening with all those stories? So why now? If there is validity to anything that we've spoken about in 42 episodes, which I know we think there is. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. Then are they either A, ignoring that stuff, or B, just completely, you know pushing it aside and saying, yeah, we know all that has happened, but we're pretending like it hasn't. And now, here, look at us, we're finally talking about it. Hey, we're doing something so good to discover if this is the national security threat and trying to get to the bottom of these UAP.
1: Well, I think they think So that why now? They think <laughs> that we mortals, these dumb humans, that will panic. You know, that they'll create some sort of a panic if they actually disclose this is happening. And I think we're so far beyond that. Yes, we're not going to panic. We just want information.
2: And That's what it is. Just give us the information. Let us know what's going on. Our, if even thirty percent of these stories are true, which again I know we think there's a lot of validity to the stuff that we've spoken about, but if there's if they come out and say, yeah, you know what, the uh, you know the Nazca Inca lines, yeah, those were made uh, for for the aliens, and you know they're actually uh, hieroglyphs in the grounds. You well, know, they're
1: only meant to be seen from the sky. Yeah.
2: Hello. You know, just anything. Yes, you know, Stonehenge was made with anti-gravity technology given to us by the aliens. And the pyramids, yep, the same. You guys had it right the whole time. Just give us something. Give us a (laughs) bone. You know, because it's not like they don't know the stories. We know the stories. They know the stories. So it's not like they don't know what's happened in the past. So I guess that's my biggest takeaway with this is why now? Why are they making this such a big public push now?
1: Yeah, what should we expect?
2: So it's it's interesting, and what was said behind closed doors? It makes you wonder. And they say it was because there was classified information oh, that right, they don't right, want right, to, right, you right. know, divulge. They Don't want us
1: to panic.
2: But the fact of the matter is, whether you know the question of why or whatever we want to say, the question, uh, the the fact is, it is happening now. We are living the story, so we're going to keep an eye on how this story continues to, to uh, develops. All know? right,
1: time to lose some time, go back in time, <laughs> lost time.
2: Yes, here we go.
1: Believe it or not, I mean, we had last week's recollection of the UFO interfering with American troops during the Korean War, and it was more tame. It's more tame of the two military stories we're going to tell you about, or as Nick Pope would say, military issue. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) The next one, you know, actually should come with a warning, right?
2: Yeah, because, well, you know, back to our regularly scheduled program, I guess you could say, because... You know, going over all that, whether, you know, what do you want to make of these hearings? If it's a front, how much do they? are they really acknowledging or, you know, all the why now things, even though it's important. Now we get into more of the traditional things, I guess you could say, <laughs> about what uh, part two of the wartime interactions with aliens. And it, it should come with, with a warning because, like you said, Karen, last week really was more of the more tame stories when it came to the uh, recollection of Private First Class Francis P. Wall that we spoke about with... Their interaction in the Korean War. Um, and if you missed that, you can always go back to last time, episode 42, which a lot of you listened to, which, again, we really appreciate. But this is one of the more mysterious and questioned cases of all time that we're going to go to. And it, it does get quite graphic <laughs> with the abduction case that uh, you're going to hear about here. You know,
1: what's really interesting is that a lot of the abductions that we have talked about were, you know, the person was beamed up, like through a beam mm-hmm. of like beam me up Scotty kind of thing. And this one's different. Yeah, is. I've not it heard is. this before.
2: No, I've never heard this this type of description uh, uh, either. So, that said, our <laughs> final story about wartime, or final story for now anyway, I'm sure there's going to be more in the future, about uh, wartime interactions with aliens begins in 1956, Karen. Oh. Oh boy. It's in the New Mexico desert, which, of course, why not? Because it's the New Mexico desert, right? Roswell, all that good stuff. Major William Cunningham and Air Force Sergeant John Lovett are out in the desert on another routine day of work. This is, this is their job. Collecting rocket debris. Oh, jeez. <laughs> they had another successful test by the military, so they're out there getting all the debris in 1956. Now, as they separate, here's where things get weird. To cover more ground, that was kind of their protocol. You know, that was their routine. Let's go, you, you go, go left. go there, yeah. yeah. I you know, I go right. We'll, we'll get this all done. we we'll meet back in the middle. Lickety split, okay? Cunningham, as they separated, Cunningham heard what was described as a blood-curdling scream. Now, we don't have sound of that scream, so you just have to imagine <laughs> it. So he went running towards Lovett and thinking that, you know, he's going to find him in a, some type of you know a tussle a, a struggle with a wild animal or a snake as you may come across in the New Mexican desert but instead you <laughs> come across the unimaginable ah. his partner Love it. there, okay, was
3: in the process of being abducted by aliens. What? The scream was it, but what had grabbed him wasn't a snake or anything from this world. it was being dragged, screaming in terror, by a long metal arm oh. that was wrapped around his legs. Oh. It was so long Cunningham didn't even know where it ended until oh. he looked up. The long metallic appendage wasn't on the ground, but it was leading up to a large silver disc in the sky, hovering huh. 20 feet overhead. Cunningham stumbled back, frozen in horror, and watched as Lovett was pulled into the sky and into the disc, which rose into the sky and disappeared from view. Major Cunningham radioed for help, but the horror was just beginning. Oh my lord have
2: mercy.
1: Swing away, Merrill.
3: Yeah, right. Love that movie! Oh,
1: no, a long science, metal arm. So scary! Oh my god! What the heck!
2: I mean, I mean, you talk about the science fiction movies that we've seen. I've
1: not heard that before. Where there's some sort of an appendage coming out of the disc. Usually, it's just they beam them up.
2: I've only. You're right. I've only seen that in War of the Worlds and the, the remake with Tom Cruise. What was that? I don't know. Late 2000s, so 2008 or something like that. Love that movie. Great movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it.
1: Second Tom Cruise reference.
2: Yeah, that's right. Top Gun. And we we swear Tom Cruise is not paying us to say these. And he's
1: not an alien.
2: No, well, as far as we know. Maybe he's a a listener. Maybe he likes the podcast. Ah. Shout out to Tom Cruise. But that's what it makes me think of is War of the Worlds, where the the big machines are coming out with their metal arms and grabbing people and putting them into their cages and killing them and doing experiments. So that's the account that Cunningham gives in this story that his partner Lovett was taken up into an alien ship by a metal arm in 1956. <laughs> so naturally, an investigation takes place, and everyone thinks that Cunningham is absolutely Lost bonkers. His mind. yeah. So and they think he's having a nervous breakdown, though he never backed off from his story that Lovett was abducted. So everything changed, Karen, because they started to look at radar. Now, this is where a lot of stories that we talk about involve radar, because we don't want to blow smoke up your butt. We try to find something that has some type of, you know, I guess, semblance of proof. Something they could look at to say, well, hey, they saw it on radar. They couldn't explain it. So they decided to look at radar. And according to some sources from the story, radar did show an unexplained aircraft in that area at the time of Lovett's disappearance. Uh. So because of that, the military finally decided to say, you know what, maybe this guy isn't cuckoo. We'll, ste- we'll step up our investigation. And they actually ended up coming across Lovett's body three days later oh. after his disappearance. And get this. It was 10 miles away from where he was originally reported from being
3: taken. Because
1: didn't they think that uh, Cunningham did something to him?
3: It was a theory of theirs.
1: Well, Well, I don't think so.
3: And what they found would shock and confuse everyone. It was Sergeant Jonathan Lovett's Body almost 10 miles from where he'd been taken. Many people had suspected Cunningham might have been the one to hurt Lovett, but the location of the body made that near impossible. He wouldn't have had the time to move the body before he radioed for help. The medical examiners concluded that the body had been exposed to the elements for between one and two days, meaning Lovett had been somewhere else before his body was left in the desert, Mm -hmm. and he was totally naked. (laughs) Mm.
2: Okay, so here's where things start to get uh, the warning comes into place that we gave you. Yeah. now, you hear there, so of course, in any you know right person thinking, in any right mind, you're going to think, well, you're crazy, Mr. Cunningham, you know, Major Cunningham, and you probably did something to your partner. That's what people were thinking, so they were suspecting him of foul play, but as you heard there, he it's impossible. It's no physically way. impossible. Yeah. He could not have moved him 10 miles away in the time that it took him to radio and everything like that. So that theory was kind of thrown out the window, and he was cleared at that moment once they found the body and how far away it was. So they find him naked, exposed to the elements.
1: If you're eating a burrito, put it down right now, <laughs>
2: or anything for that matter. Yeah. What did the doctors discover as they started to examine the body? Because of course they recover the body. They're going to yeah. take him in. They're going to do autopsies, figure out what in the heck happened.
1: Bad shape.
2: Well, let me first say again, we've <laughs> given you the warning. These are disturbing details. I know. I don't. I'm not laughing about that. No. I'm just And so th- these details have left researchers with many.
3: Unanswered questions all these years later, so here you go. The on-base medical investigators soon discovered that Lovett's corpse had been horribly mutilated, with his tongue removed at the root and his eyes neatly gouged out. Even more horrifying, his anus and genitalia had been removed, and many of his organs had been taken out. Making it more confusing, they'd all been neatly extracted as if through a surgical procedure, but no mad surgeon would do this to a human. The final revelation about Lovett's body had been the most disturbing. His body had been carefully drained of blood but the vascular system was intact not like what happens when someone bleeds to death.
1: Huh. My
3: gosh. <laughs> so, that sounds
1: like, you know, animal
3: mutilation. It does. Mutilation. It sounds like the cattle mutilation. Yeah.
2: We've heard about it. So let, let's unpack that real quick uh, here because that was well, a heavy duty sound like. Yeah, we don't need to talk about the anus. Um <laughs> but even though it is interesting Except because... it's Uranus. Well, we've t- you know, we talked about s- different alien experiments with sexual reproduction and things like that, which, by the way, spoiler alert, we're going to get into next week, and you'll hear more about that before we're done here today.
1: Alien babies?
2: I'm uh, just saying. So that kind of leads into what we're going to talk about next week. But so you talk about, you know, the, the genitalia and things of that nature, but also the eyes, the tongue, the mutilation, the draining of the blood that was being reported here in this story that the doctors discovered, those are things that you would find normally in like the cattle mutilation that we've heard about before. And the surgical precision. So here's the thing. You know, there's a lot of strange things about this. And people, they always try to come up with, oh, well, it was this or it was that. They've even tried to blame it on, believe it or not, cults, like satanic cults, doing uh, rituals or sacrifices. Now, unless these cults had incredible laser type of surgery instruments, there's no way that they could have pulled off the precision that they saw in Lovett's body, the way that the eyeballs were taken out, the tongue at the root, and all these different things that they found um, with, with Lovett's body were done... Surgically precise. It
1: sounds like they were building their own human elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, Let's I don't take know the tongue and the eyes.
2: I mean, that's the thing. It's it's this wasn't sloppy. This wasn't like someone just you know right, in yeah. a grisly murder case. Yeah. No, this was surgically, you know, very precisely it wasn't done. Like a
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right.
2: Another strange thing about his body was, according to reports from the people who are in the know of this story. It didn't emit an odor when it was found. How is that possible?
1: Gosh, yeah, nothing worse than a decaying body. My gosh. So
2: the sad thing here is that it will be hard to find answers to these questions anytime soon. Why? Because, well, it's said that this story was discovered in the somewhat mythical File 13 from Project Grudge.
1: What is that? Well. File 13?
2: File 13 of Project Grudge. And this is where the story kind of takes a weird turn. And this is where you might say to yourself, okay, uh, okay, I don't know if I can believe this story is true. But, hey, again, we just give you the details and you make up your own mind. Well, you
1: just had the guy from the Pentagon saying that we need to stop treating these stories this way that it was treated. That's right. That this one was treated. Now,
2: here's the thing. Project Grudge, and think what you want about Lovett's body and how it was recovered and everything that they found there. That's, that's strange enough, right, to find that it was surgically done. So who could have done something like that? But— to, to think about a secret government project like Project Grudge, which was essentially Project Blue Book before Project Blue Book was created. If you remember, Project Blue Book was the thing that you know the government used to study the UAP phenomenon, the UFO phenomenon, and that was kind of like the se- secret project. I mean, they have a whole show about it on the History Channel right now that's been out for a few seasons. The guy who played Littlefinger in Game of Thrones plays uh, Dr. Alan Hynek, who was the head of Project Blue Book. So Project Grudge was a real thing. And files, they had 14 files. Files 1 through 12 and file 14 have all been declassified.
1: Okay, so that's interesting.
2: That's all real. Okay, okay
1: but St- not 13.
2: File 13 is missing. No one knows what happened to it, where it is, why it's hidden. And according to reports, it's only been seen by a few people. And the people who have seen it say this story of Lovett and Cunningham and the alien abduction and the mutilation of his body and the unexplained occurrence of all of it, no answers to this thing, all of those details were in file 13. And this story that we just presented to you comes from those who say they have seen file 13. It was from that that this story originates. And that would make you kind of wonder, well... Maybe that's why file 13 has been hidden, because they don't want this story to come out to the public.
1: Well, the other files weren't as, as scary. As damning. Uh, I mean, because there's
2: files from Project Blue Book that have been right, declassified, right, right. and that's what Project Grudge was. I know it sounds like a mysterious name. Ooh, the boogeyman, Project Grudge. You're
1: like, oh, this would panic people if they thought that, you know, a big arm's going to come out of a spaceship sure. and take you up there and mutilate you.
2: But, that would be scary. Sure. But Project Grudge really did exist, and so did the 14 files. 1 through 12 are available. 14's available. Where's 13. So how does this all end, Karen? Yeah. Do we get any closure about this incredible abduction story? Well, <laughs> it kind of depends on, uh, well, who who you want and uh, kind of what you want to believe.
3: If you comb the military files for any record of the strange death of Sergeant Jonathan Lovett you'll find nothing, nor will you find any record of what happened to Major Cunningham after his horrible discovery. But they've gone further, because you won't find any record of either man ever being part of the United States Air Force, or in fact having existed at all. Did the government scrub all record of these men from existence, including everyone who knew them, to cover up this horrible incident, or did they just never exist at all? What we know about Project Grudge File Number 13 is that a man supposedly died horribly. But there's no record of any of it happening, and the only claims that it did happen come from a trio of discredited conspiracy theorists who claim they somehow got a look at the most highly classified government document of all time. And the government, which supposedly covered up the case for decades, let them go around telling everyone, and even published books on the incident.
2: You never know. I mean, again, discredited conspiracy- discredited by who? Yeah. You know, I mean, were these guys, were they onto something? So they tried to smear them and then they say, oh, you're discredited. There's a lot of things, not getting political here, this is just making an example. There's a lot of things we hear in the news today that were supposedly discredited within the past few years and now they get reported on as truth. So my overall point is, they say they're discredited, but were they really? Yeah. Maybe they really did have a look at these things. Plus it was back in
1: 1956, so, you know. That, and they, that was know. back when they didn't want to upset people. Yeah. Look what happened when they did the, on the radio, War of the Worlds with the, with opening the jar yeah. and the toilet, and sure. they, people thought we were being invaded, and, right. lo- oh my God. Orson
2: Welles, I'm sorry, not George Orwell. Yeah, no, Orson Welles. Orson
1: yeah, yeah. Welles.
2: I'm thinking about 1984, yes, I'm talking about yes. conspiracies and yeah. everything, so. <laughs>
1: you know, it was very upsetting.
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, that, you're right about that. The, the hysteria that War of the Worlds, the original broadcast, yes. caused. I Good mean, people God. were calling 911, yes. they were... I mean, it was was mass hysteria, and people didn't know it was just a radio show. (laughs) Can you imagine if
1: real-life stuff was, you know, given to people to consume? They'd be like, oh, my God.
2: And maybe that's why they've been holding all these things in all this time. I don't know. But, again, think about, too, another connection here before we go. How about Bob Lazar? Right. We spoke. We had an entire episode dedicated to Bob Lazar just a couple months ago. So if you want to go back and look for it, I think it's somewhere in the 30s. Um, And, again, you can always find our show. I know I keep saying, oh, go back and listen. Where? Okay, let me tell you. <laughs> it's Spotify,
1: Apple, Apple, iTunes, anywhere you anywhere find it. Anywhere you get a podcast.
2: Or even on 850wftl.com, we have a podcast section, and the UAP show lives there as well. So there's many ways you can get it, but, you know, Apple and Spotify work. You can go in there and download the show and, and subscribe. That's always nice. But we've talked about Bob Lazar in those previous episodes, and Bob Lazar, just in case you forgot, was the guy who says he worked on all these secret bases around Area 51. He was reverse hired. Reverse
1: engineered stuff.
2: Right. That's what he was brought in for, was reverse engineer one of the craft that they had in one of these secret hangars. And he tells a story about everything that he and saw. he's seen
1: aliens, too. And so I asked Stephen, I said, you really want to do an episode on something that actually, <laughs> you know, doesn't, doesn't exist? And you said about Bob Lazar.
2: They said Bob Lazar never existed, but he did a whole interview with Joe Rogan. So... <laughs> There's an entire podcast where he's talking to him. So Bob Lazar Hello? does exist. Yeah. But that's the thing. Exactly right. With Bob Lazar, there's no record of the guy. There's no record of him at his previous jobs that he mentions. There's no record of him in the military, Air Force, nothing. Government jobs that he held. He had top secret clearance. It's all gone. So he, and this is something we talked about in that episode, and he talked about with Joe Rogan a couple of years ago, he either is lying about the entire thing, about his entire life and everything he's ever done, or he, these Lovett and Cunningham got the Bob Lazar treatment and they, they covered up and erased all the records.
1: Well, it is possible Oliver Stone's come out with a new JFK mm. documentary type thing, and the CIA did erase a lot of stuff.
2: Just saying.
1: And they got the declassified documents. So, I mean, I mean, it's possible that this is completely, you know, that one of the alphabets got a hold of I don't it, know. got rid of it.
2: It's the, And that's the thing. We're not saying that's what happened. We let you decide. We just give you the details and make up your own mind. But there's a lot of questions, that's for sure, You know, surrounding this story. If any of this is true, is it really beyond comprehension that the CIA or anybody in the government's in the high-ranking military fashion would just erase these records? Well,
1: what's interesting is now that NASA and NOAA and DEA and all of the other alphabets are getting right. involved, right. it'll be a much... Diff, more difficult task to erase things. Yes, a lot of because, this be on the so record. It's, it's on the record with right. so many different agencies That's right. that it's you can't just expunge it. That's
2: a good point. And again, I guess it goes back to our original question, why now? And, <gasps> That's the thing. And why are they, if Yee- any of these stories are true, which we think there's a lot of validity to them, why are they just ignoring those? Is everything that the government is doing now as far as disclosure, is it a front? I hate to be negative, but going back to all that stuff with the Congress hearings, it just it boggles my mind. Like, talk about the stuff... That's already been talked about for years and years and years. And you're acting like it never happened. You know, and that's the part that bothers me, Karen. But we'll see what comes out of all that stuff. We'll see what other crazy stories we can dig up. Because next week, guess what we're going to talk about? What? Alien love children.
1: Oh, geez. <laughs> I didn't think they had sex.
2: Well, not necessarily. But maybe there's some type of experiments going on. Or at least according to these women that we're going to go over next week, who'd say they have had the children from Alien Hybrid Experiments, and they have met their alien hybrid children.
1: Oh.
2: A lot of incredible Whoa. stories to come up here next time on episode 44 I of UIB. I sex with
1: an alien. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Just wait. I'm telling you, this is, boy, uh, oh, oh, boy. It's going to be really interesting next time. On episode 44 and we'll go over all that but until then make sure to download and subscribe thank you to everybody who's continued to grow this show it's all because of you yeah we, we love doing it it's a passion project for us we always have fun but the most uh enjoyable thing for us is that you're enjoying it so we very much appreciate your your the way you're consuming the show and propping it up in all the rankings in the podcast world, because it really is, it's really quite something to witness as we see it continue to climb the ladder. So thank you to all of you. And again, you can continue to do so. Download it, subscribe on Apple and Spotify.
1: And if you like it, tell your friends about it.
2: Yeah, spread the word, rate us with five extraterrestrial stars, all that good stuff. And on 850WFTL.com, you can find the podcast and our blog page there. We always have some good stuff. And of course, on Twitter, at UAPodcast850. On Twitter, you can follow the show so uh, give us some feedback yeah feedback there and keep updated on the show as well so until next time Karen where we would talk about alien love children oh goodness it's <laughs> gonna be really crazy I'm telling you right now it's Karen Curtis there Stephen Deaner over here have a good one we'll talk to you next
3: time thanks.